Hi, I'm Conrad Marshall, and from the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, this is Good Weekend Talks, a magazine for your ears, in which we take a deep dive into the definitive stories of the day. We're relaunching the podcast today in a new look, or should I say new sound, format, in which top writers and editors from across our newsrooms host discursive conversations with people capturing the imagination of Australians right now. In this week's episode, I talk with recently retired tennis player and Australian of the Year, Dylan Olcott. We'll be talking about everything from life in and beyond tennis. I miss it 0%, which is such a good feeling. Some athletes never get that. To diversity of representation in our institutions and on our screens. Our Prime Minister at the time said that he was blessed that he didn't have disabled children and he didn't mean that, but it's powerful language. And to what he wants to achieve during the next 12 months, both personally, professionally, and in terms of how society deals with disability. Welcome, Dylan. Thank you, mate. Great to be here. Great to talk to you as well. I really appreciate you coming in. Now, we probably don't talk enough about the adjustments society needs to make in order to kind of create better opportunities and access for disabled people. As someone in a wheelchair, can I ask what kinds of physical things you had to kind of consider this morning just to get here? Like, can you take me through some of those daily details? Yeah, the disabled community, we like to call ourselves natural born problem solvers, mm. right? I always say to any disabled person, right, on your resume, what's your biggest strength? Problem solving. Because ever, everybody, people say like timekeeping and resilience and, you know, confidence. <laughs> yep. But I'm like, just to get out of bed and get here, you got to solve problems. I think one thing, like, even there's the things like you're talking about, the hardware, the accessibility. So yep. I use the ramp to get in the studio. I use the elevator. I use hand controls to drive my car because yes. I can't use my feet. I transfer in and out of my car. My chair folds up. I do it all by myself. I have a shower chair. I sit on a chair instead of standing up. There's things like that. But there's also like the software, which is like the understanding of what also it takes. Like okay. i got to go to the bathroom for an hour every morning. So i got to get up for an hour before you. Right. Would. That takes time. Yeah, That's yeah. annoying, you know what I mean? And and things like that. And sometimes if you're late in the morning as a person with disability, people are like, oh, you're late. It's like, yeah, well, it takes me an extra two hours to hour to get ready and then an extra hour to get here than you would, you know? Yes. So I think there's the combination of understanding accessibility features, but the the other elements of inclusion, which is like the understanding of what someone's going through in order to, to get ready and stuff. But in saying that, when I get people like, look, kids ask the best questions. How did you, you put your pants on this morning? I was like, well, I put them on like you. You know, I just put it, I sat on the end of the bed. Yes. You probably stood up. You know, maybe you sat down if you're lazy. I don't know. If that's up to you. But, you know, so it's, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's a good, good question to ask as well because people think they can't ask questions like that, yeah. right? Because they're going to be offensive. But I always say, like I'll ask you, Conrad, if you want to find out something about your able-bodied co-worker, what do you do? Ask a question. Ask a question. Yeah. So if you don't ask, you actually indirectly discriminate by leaving people out, by not being inclusive. I'm not saying go up to people on the street and go, hey, how'd you put your shoes on? You know, have a bit more tact than that, but it's cool to talk about because they might change perceptions. How did we do then? How did uh, our building and our parking facility stack up? You do good. I've been here before because Excellent. obviously this is a part of the age, but I, with Channel 9, I've worked here as well. So this building's good with disabled spots and stuff like that. So um, I'll come back if you'll have me, mate. If Fantastic. there was no accessibility features, you'd be out. But no, <laughs> So let's get into 2022. It feels as though you kind of went straight from Golden Slam champion to Australian of the year. Not a lot of time there to kind of bask in post-retirement glow. Um, did you get any time to yourself just to sort of relax in the wake of what was a, a massive sporting career? Yeah, not really. And that's okay. You know, mm. what an incredibly humbling platform to be given. I still feel awkward talking about it, to be honest. Like, okay. I'm not a, I'm intrinsically not extrinsically motivated. Like, I don't, I don't get out of bed to 
talk about gold medals and grand slams and trophies and stuff like that. I just not what drives me. And um, so it's look at me. I still like like because you know think of the Australian years that came before and the past and stuff like that. It's pretty incredible. But in saying that, for a guy in a wheelchair to be given this platform when I was a kid, I just didn't think it would happen. Let alone be myself. I think standing ovations are one of the most ironic things in the world, by the way. But I'll take them, all right, without a doubt. So, what a what a huge opportunity to talk about what I what I care most about, which is changing yeah. perception, so people with disability can live the lives they want to live. You can hear in my voice. I'm just talking heaps, like, and I like talking anyway. But like, it's just gone up to another to another level because so many people want to listen and learn about disability for the first time off the back of it, and that's massive. I love my disability. It is the best thing that ever happened to me. It really is. And I'm so thankful for the life that, that I get to live. So I would be, it would be remiss of myself not to work my ass off. And like, you know, we're, we're getting something like 200 appearance requests every day to go around Australia, That's to go to phenomenal. schools, specialised schools, corporates, charities, everything. And we're doing it, trying to try and do as much as we can. And I'd like to publicly say to anybody we haven't got back to, I'm sorry, because we're, like, we're trying our best, you know, mm. and that's all you can do. But um, I will work my backside off until the end of the year. And then on Jan 25, I will happily be like, pass it on to the next person. Because <laughs> that's what Grace said to me. She's like, get ready. It's pretty pretty massive. I was like, I'm ready. And you, you don't actually know until you know how just how much it changes. But, mate, as I said, I'm not complaining, mate, because it's such a such a massive opportunity, you know, for, for, for me and our community and my team and my family and everyone. So um, I'm pretty it's, – it's definitely a privilege. I recognise that um, intrinsic motivation versus ex- extrinsic motivation as the words of Ben Crow, your uh, – life coach right you, no not like yeah he's my, my mindset coach i'd call yes. him um but it's true like yeah. i always I, and and that is like it, it's just a good way to sum up without you sounding like a wanker yep like in the sense that of course as if you don't care about winning gold medals and stuff of course you care yeah but it's not my motivation in life my motivation in life is to be a good person to be you know get up every day and and, and advocate for my community to be a good partner to my partner Chantel, a good dog dad to my dog source and i mean that that's way more important than winning Wimbledon. Yep. That takes time to learn. How is Sauce? He's, the mate, he's, he actually hurt his back. Hell. He's like dad. He wants to be a paraplegic. Um, <laughs> he was jumping off his bed and stuff, and he hurt his, the bowl, had a little bulging disc in his back. But we haven't, he, he's, he's healed himself, unlike dad. So he's back walking, and I still am not. So, um, but um, he, I'm not a dog man, but I got Sauce, man. I'm just, me and Gentile obsessed with him. He's Fantastic. a beautiful young, beautiful young boy. Tell me about the work itself. So, You've, you've mentioned in the past that the thing you want to um, work on, uh, given this platform, is representation. But you must have had your sights set on a few little goals along the way or some things you wanted to achieve right off the bat or target specifically. Like, what did you do to hit the ground running as Australian of the Year? Yeah, look, I you got to narrow it down, to be honest, because you can do everything. Yeah. Um, you know, my overarching thing is to, as I said, change perception so people with disability can live the lives they deserve to live. And there's a few ways that I wanted to do that this year. I needed to get, we need to get rat tests for people for free, which we were able to do. Of course. Um, you know, obviously coming out of the pandemic, it's people, If I can't just hate it when I hear, oh, it's just a bit of a cold. But for my friends in my community, you could mm. die straight away. Mm, you know, so if you want to get a rat test to everybody that comes into contact with you, Get a rat test. You deserve a rat test. So we've done that, which is cool. The NDIS has been uh, a bit of a struggle. You know, I don't want, I don't like talking too negative about it because it's such an awesome, incredible scheme, which has changed the lives of so many. But 
too much money is getting lost in the red tape to yeah. lawyers, to people that are working on it who don't know what they're doing. Um, and we need people's lived experience back at the heart of it, making decisions. And hopefully with the new government, that's going to happen. And we're actually about to release a report. We've commissioned uh, like an NDIS 2.0 with recommendations that we want to see happen, which will be cool. And I'm looking forward to working with the new government about that. Employment opportunities, I really want people with disability to have choice over where, if they want to work and where they work and yes. what they want to do, right? It's not about just finding them jobs, it's about giving them options about what, how their life they want to live. Um, with my consulting firm, GSA, we're about to release a, an online jobs platform called The Field later in the year, which will be hopefully help with that. I can't tell you too much because it's, right. it's a All bit right. of a secret. We'll, keep, a, we'll keep watching. Bit of a podcast hook, as they call it. And then overarching, just I want greater representation everywhere, man in our mainstream schools, on our dating apps, in our parliaments, in our workplaces, on our boards, walking down the street, going to the footy, everywhere, right? And mm-hmm. the only way we can do that is if everybody else comes to the party, everybody, people, and, and, and understands what we need, which is accessibility, inclusion, opportunities, higher expectations. And um, we've got a really cool thing that we're going to do via, via the mainstream commercial TV and radio networks, which, again, we can't tell you too much about, which is going to come out, which is going to show how easy and cool representation can be. So, All yeah, right. uh, we've, got a, we've got our ducks aligned and um, we're enjoying it. But, um, you know, you, you need to set out goals like that. Otherwise, you just cruise around and you know it's just too much to do so yeah we're trying to tick them off as we go so that actually leads perfectly into my next question which was um you had a recent appearance at a mumbrella event where you told the advertising industry that they needed to change this kind of sob story narrative that was associated with disability can you explain to me what what that means and and why it's important to change yeah because we are used as items of inspiration where people go look at least i'm not them Right? At least I'm not them and my life's okay. And that's not what it's about. I get congratulated for, like, I had a, I had a, I finished radio last year and a lovely woman congratulated me for being there to get my own coffee. Right? What if she's my HR manager or recruiter or a politician or a school teacher of a little girl with cerebral palsy, right? We need to change that perception. And if you are doing from the hospital bed to gold medal inspirational story about, about me, that's not me, right? First and foremost. And it's important to let, Maybe myself, right? And also, like, it makes good business decisions as well for big organisations to have greater representation in their advertisements because what are we? Consumers like everybody else. Like, I'm really pumped that I've just partnered with Grant Burge, which is uh, one of Australia's leading leading winemakers, right? Their campaign's all about leaving their mark for people to be ambitious and to try and achieve their goals and to look into the future. And and, and that's what I try to base my life off, right? First and foremost, that's a good brand fit. Yep. Secondly, I love wine, so it works out well for me. <laughs> but thirdly, they are a premium wine brand, one of the biggest in the country, putting a guy in a wheelchair at the front of their brand. Right? Yeah. That's huge. That changes perceptions, doesn't it, right? It's not, we're not just advertising, you know, medical products and hospitals or whatever it is, right? And it just shows, look, it, you can see here in my voice how powerful that is for me because I didn't have that growing up. Right, mm, mm. and I know that I, I fully appreciate that I'm the lucky one that gets out there and, and is the one there. But what that represents is so cool, and I want that for so many more people in all industry, not just for Paralympic sports people, right? And and the way that I try and do it, and, and which is why I like Grant Bird is such a, a great fit, and I really love being part of the family. Is I only partner with people who believe into my ethos, right? Who care about inclusion, who have like you know grassroots in like family and care, but 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 most importantly. Like to actually let me be me, 
You know yes. what I mean? Which is really, really massive. And and obviously with this leave their mark campaign, it, it, it leave your mark campaign. It really, it really helps because that's something that I'm trying to do for my community. What I care about, representing a lot of people, and it's the same thing that they do. But like you know. It, it, I still, you know, I still can't believe it as well. Like, I, I just wanted greater, greater representation on screens and stuff like that, and and even just when my, my stupid face pops up, you know, at on the a lo- Nike ad, on uh, a yeah, ANZ ad, but at the Logies or like, yeah. you know, you're watching the news and you're there and you're like, oh my god, it's me. Like, I can still get weirded out by it because I just never thought it would happen. <laughs> Let's talk more generally then about lending your name to a product. I imagine that's quite different at the start of your career where you just probably badly want whatever sponsorship you can you can get your hands on to now as Australian of the year where you could really kind of take your pick in large ways do you do you have to be more mindful about what you're committing to now like given that profile do you need to do a little bit more research do you need to take yeah. more care Look, I did study commerce at Melbourne Uni and mm-hmm. I've never used it and I was like I'm just wasting <laughs> my money right but I think I maybe a deep down that I did even when I when I really first started, I was like, all right, I'm going to be authentically me and proud of my disability, like to the point that I've never seen before, but I want to do that. I want to be me. And I had people come to us and give us opportunities where I was like, no, yep. I was probably the opposite of that because okay. I would not partner with anybody who, you know, and, I, and I've, I've made mistakes in this area, but I would never part with somebody that doesn't treat my community the way that it should be, give opportunities or whatever it is. Do you have a blacklist in your, your Bloody head? Bloody like, mate. Yep. And you need to guess who they are, and I'm not saying them publicly. But, um, you know, think about the, some industries, the way they treat people with disability. We had an offer the other week for, you know, a great opportunity for remuneration, you know, exposure, and I was like, absolutely could not pay me enough to be anywhere near you because right. I don't want to do that. The way that you treat my community is not on. And, and another big thing as well, like, and, and you know, if people really care, you know they really care and they want to buy in, right? And mm-hmm. a perfect example is um, my family and I, we started our, our foundation a few years ago called the Dylan Orcott Foundation, original, very original. And, um, <laughs> and you know, we try and we try and assist young people with disability to help them achieve their dreams in whatever they want to do, not to make them go meet LeBron James in LA, mm. but to pay for uni scholarships, equipment to become Paralympians, startups when they can't find jobs. And a perfect example is is a great partner is like Grant Burge later in the year, $2 from every wine that they sell from their selected range is going back to the foundation and they want to put a kid through university because of it, right? Awesome. Right, that was their idea, not our idea. Good reason that, to go buy a bottle of Pinot. Bloody oath. Yeah, bloody oath. And they came to us with that, right? Mm. And I was like, that is what I'm about. I'm about that. I'm not about just partnering with anybody just so I can see myself on TV or, you know, get money or whatever. It's just not what drives me. It really isn't. And and you're right. Like, as a... <laughs> And I'm saying this from a place of privilege because I've, I've, I've been lucky. Right. For other Paralympians or other athletes disability, they have nothing. So I, I 100% say to them, get in there and start having a crack and, you know, partner with people and it might not work or whatever it is. And I just kind of had a bit of a bigger dream about how I wanted to get to. I never thought it happened. Yep. But I was like, that's where I want to get to. And it just happened that it worked out right for me. But, mate, we need greater. Do, do you know why more brands need to support Paralympians? Not for the warm and fuzzies because it's bloody good business because we are great ambassadors who – train our ass off, put on a show and give a return on investment to ticket holders, broadcasters and sponsors because people want to watch now. This, this is, is one of the things you're you're driving and, and pushing oh, them, I don't, better, better pay, better representation. Yeah, I mean, for, I don't think I'm doing that. I'm just trying to be me, right? Yeah, I, I don't yeah. go out there very and try and do it very – like I just try and be, in a, be myself. I don't try and be an ambassador or a role model. 
but yeah, like we've been able to do it, right? We as a team, not me, we. And and I just want that to permeate down. And, and to be honest, just make it easier for young athletes with disability to get involved. Like my family had to buy a $10,000 wheelchair that we couldn't afford just for me to try it. My brother got a $100 pair of footy boots. You don't got the money, you don't do it. That's That sucks. So we need to try and eliminate some of those barriers for entry. So what else are you going to be lobbying for or, or demanding? Like Australian of the Year, this is a, a platform which I'm guessing is – is obviously an honour, a privilege, but also a big responsibility. Powerful vehicle. You're going to take it out for a spin and see what it can do. Yeah, look, I've already, I've already done it a bit. I've got a bit of a call in, not call out attitude. Like I'm okay. not, I'm not a big man on, um, you know, going on Twitter and that. And I had to this year, like you know, our, our prime minister at the time said that he was blessed that he didn't have disabled children, and mm. he didn't mean that. But it's powerful language, and to, to, to people, people do believe that. Right, maybe not him, but other people do. And uh, I, was, I was I was talking to a, a journalist the other day, and they said that they have an autistic friend, and and he's a young man. He's like you know still in high school, and he says, "Oh, I, there's no point being here because I suck at life." <sighs> and then you hear, "Oh, you're blessed, you're not disabled," and then it just continues on, right? Yep. That's why I wrote the tweet, not because I wanted to, but you had to like educate people. And it was like, in credits, I, I talked him to it. He's like, oh, you know, that I stuffed that up and he publicly apologized. You know what I mean? But so, but you know, I don't want to get, I had 156,000 tweet mentions for two hours after that tweet. Oh my God. Not all of them saying, good on you, Dylan. A lot of them saying, you crippled dickhead, you deserve to die, whatever. Right. Mm. It's an interesting space, isn't it? And I don't care about that stuff, but my mum reads that stuff. Absolutely. And, you know what I mean? And that, and that can be hard. But in saying that, I will defend my community nonstop, right? So when I've got to go, I've got to go. But also you've got to sometimes call in and, and I think it's important to work with people to get resolutions, not just abuse people because people don't want to work with you then. Right? No, no. And I think, you know, that's why I'm really excited about our all the things that we've got coming out this year, like the field and, and obviously our campaign around um, representation mainstream. But also, like, we are – I don't know everything as well, yeah. right? Like, people always say, hey, I want to hire someone with autism – you know, what do I do? I go, I tell you do, ask someone with autism. Yeah. They have lived experience. You need to listen to lived experience. And it's like our, our paper that we're delivering to the government in, a, in about a month's time um, that we're working with Accenture and a bunch of disability leaders is, that's not me doing it. It's like hundreds and hundreds of people in the disability sector coming together and, and showing what needs to be done. Yes, I can lead that and, and go on the, come on this podcast and talk about it and stuff. But But I'm not saying that, I want to amplify the voices of so many other people with disability. And I think that's part of the role too. It's not the Dylan show, how much can you, you know, crash and burn online and just go nut, go nuts. It's not about that, I don't think. It's about working as a with our community to, I guess, as a as a lots of leaders. And obviously I'm the lucky one with the Australian of the Year title, whatever that means, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I think, it's, I think it's all of us doing it together. And, you know, I'm excited about looking back and hopefully thinking that we've done some stuff. You mentioned just before getting attacked after a tweet that you put up. Now, that almost seems like one of the things that Australians of the Year recently have had to endure. I think back to the the most notable ones for me, the ones that pop into my mind over the past handful of years would be people like Rosie Batty and Adam Goods and Grace Tame. And all of them were trolled as much as they were celebrated. And they also had to kind of relive their, their trauma in 
full public view. So did you learn anything from kind of watching them navigate that in terms of the boundaries you might need to put up or the things you will speak on, won't speak on, where you kind of draw that line? Yeah. I'm lucky I call, I'm calling them mates first and foremost and they're mm. all beautiful people, like first up. And the hate was definitely not deserved, right? Mm. Just first up. Yep. And you might be a fan of them or not, but just the, the amount of it was just unwarranted. Yep. Um, and I... Look, I am lucky that I probably come from a longer run-up of experience for this. I mean, I hosted the footy show for four weeks, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And that went down, yeah. that went to shit. Um, <laughs> and I got a bit, you know what I mean? So, like, I'm used to this. I'm used to this stuff, right? So, I, I definitely come from a longer run-up. What I would say is the pressure, like, you know, we, as I said, we're getting 200 requests a day. It's 1,500 a week. Like, and the pressure to be everywhere is like nothing I've ever felt before. If you go from zero to hero in this role, like Rosie and Grace, where they came with not a long run-up, yep. that pressure would have been immense and you don't get as much support as you probably would think, right? And then reliving your trauma three, four times a day. You don't need to do that. Hmm. You don't need to do it, right? Like you just don't need to. You, you feel like you feel like you got to be there for everyone, but like you got to look up yourself too. And, and, and I think they learned that as they went on, but I learned that over 12 years, you know what I mean? Like because I've been doing it. So I am lucky and as an athlete, you just get good at, like you say no and someone says, I, you bastard, I thought you care about to tell people. And you just got to laugh and go, I do. I'm just doing my best. Mm-hmm. That's all I said to myself these two things and I got it. How are you going to be a strand of the year? And my answer was, I got no idea because I've never done it. I actually don't know. I think that's a fair enough ex- answer. Like, what do you do? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? And I was honest. And then I said, like, I'm just not, I'm just going to do my best. Right? So when I stuff up, or can't be somewhere or whatever, and someone gets, it's just me trying to, I'm just doing, trying to do my best. And like, I've also got to have my life. Like, I've got to see my partner Chantel. Like, I'm not seeing her enough at the moment, and we're about to go away in a couple of weeks because, like, I need to, I need to live, be myself as well. You know what I mean? And yeah, have a yeah. Bloody Grant Burge and like, do some stuff, right? Like, because otherwise, like, it's just, you, you, you lose yourself in it. But I'm not downplaying the, absolute privilege that it is and how powerful the platform is. Have you had to take on extra help? I mean, imagine you can't pay as much attention as you'd like to the Dylan Alcott Foundation. You can't put as much time into Get Skilled Access as you'd like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think having an understanding team and family has been very helpful. I actually feel worse for them than me because they're the ones getting all the requests (laughs) and trying to get out of there and stuff like that. But yeah, my team's amazing. You know, Mark, Georgie, my brother, Zach, my dad, we works at GSA and, 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 and everybody that's involved in Chantel and, and, and even just like the little things, which is, I'm not complaining because it's lovely. Like you get off a plane and there's 200 people and 150 people stop and get a photo. That just never happened to me. Yeah. Right. It's just, and everyone says congrats. And it's just like blowing my mind how bloody lovely everybody is. Like it's, it's just been like, Incre- look, I still can't believe it, right? But all that stuff takes time as well, you know, to, to where you can't do other stuff. And I'm not saying I'm complaining like I'll always stop and say good day because everyone's bloody lovely. And the reason I'm who I am and the reason we are changing uh, perceptions about disability is everybody else. It's yep. not me. It's I've always been me. I'm just being me. It's everybody else who has told their kids about disability, you know, change their own perception, hired someone with a disability, asked them on a date, watched a wheelchair tennis match. We one Australian of the year, and we are changing it. So I'll always stop and say good day because it's a team effort, I reckon. Well, let's talk about changing one of those perceptions. So I was lucky enough to profile your partner earlier this year, sexologist Chantelle Otten. Did a great job, mate. Well, thank you very much. Um, And when I spoke to you about her at the time, you mentioned that sex was one of the great 
hang-ups and worries of your life as a as a teenager. Can you expand on that a little for us and perhaps on what we need to be doing in that space? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, it's probably the same for you. Sex was all of it hung up, wasn't it? Just times Teenage it by. I mean, maybe not. Maybe yeah. you were a legend. Up, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Far from it. But like times that by a thousand and be disabled where everyone thinks you can't do it. Yep. So that insecurity in your own head, you're like, can I do it? They're saying I can't do it. What was going on? You know, mm-hmm. I was freaking out, mate. And it took me ages to like, I'm talking like I'm 31, like only a few years ago, like where I was fully comfortable about that stuff. And, and like, you know, everybody can have sex in whatever way they can have sex. Everyone has it different anyway, let alone if you're able or disabled, but especially in the disabled community, right? Like you might not be able to do one thing, but you can do another thing. And, and that's why what, Obviously, there's many, many reasons why I love Chantel, but one reason that it is is I'm really proud of her for, you know, diving into a really taboo area and changing that perception, especially she, – she was talking about sex and disability even before me. Yep. Right? Yeah. This wasn't like her pet project when we got together. That's how we found each other is that she was talking about it on Instagram and shared my book as a resource. And I was like, hey – What's going on? I saw you. The, you know what I mean. She came along to your book. Yeah, launch, and I was like, I saw you. Went, and she ran. She ran away. And I was like, Where'd you go? Come back. Um, <laughs> and you know what I mean. Like that. That's cool. And you know, we talk about it in an interview like this. And you watch, mate. There's going to be five articles about us talking about sex out of this podcast. We don't want that. Yeah. Everyone goes, Oh, they're talking about their buddy. I get it. You guys have sex. You know. We're not. We don't want that. It's just what some. I won't say them because then they'll love love it yes. and they'll write it. Yeah. They, you know, and everyone know. thinks we want that. We don't want that. No, we don't want them hanging out at our house talking about it, and they do. But it is powerful. It is powerful because it never gets talked about, right? And what's the best part of anyone's life? Their relationship, right? And some people with disability never get that. Yeah. Not yep. once, right? Never have intimate relationship, ever. That breaks my heart. So why would we not use our, our platform to talk about it? And, and, and uh, even that reading that profile, mate, which you did, as I said, a great job in, like, it was just cool to read about that. Like, it's like, oh, my God, it's in a massive, bloody huge publication talking about that. That just didn't happen ever, ever, ever. Not even 20 years ago. I was like, like I'm talking like five years ago. Yeah. Probably. That's so, true. Come so a long way. Yeah. Now, I write a lot of sports stories, so I'd be really remiss if I didn't ask, did you miss the tennis itself? Like, when you quit... You said that you felt, I don't know if I got this quote right, redundant, old, and washed up. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you've been an an elite athlete for so long that some part of that must have been hard to give up. Like, but you look like you've still got the rig. No, I haven't got the rig. You're generous. I've put on some kegs, baby. (laughs) I'm just wearing good clothes. I'm all right. Sorry to break your heart. Maybe for some people listening, I miss it zero percent. Okay, which is such a good feeling. Some athletes never get that. Yep, never. I knew, and now, like, the Roland Garros was on, and I watched it. I watched my doubles partner, Heath. He won a round. Shout out to Heath. And I was like, absolutely not 0.01% wants me to have a hit out there. How cool is that? Don't, don't feel bad for that, everyone. Feel That's actually amazing, because some people never get that. We in tennis. We are incredibly proud of Dylan Olcott. He is our runner-up today. He is our Australian of the year. Would you please welcome him... But in saying that, it's a lesson I learned. What did I do? I didn't do any training for a while. Mm. Do you know what? My physical health wasn't too bad. Do you know what got affected? My mental health. Okay. Because yeah. I've trained every day forever. And I was like, why am I feeling flat? And what's going on here? Lack oh, of structure? Or? No, not the, a bit of structure, but a bit of just like the endorphins you get, even just by yeah. going for a run. I call it a run. By the way, I say I go for a run. I don't run. I push, but it just is what you say. Or going to the gym for half an hour. It's just good for you, right? Yeah. And it actually... 
physically it's good for you, but mentally you feel great too. And that was, I was like, oh, that's right. That's why I don't want to get off the couch because I'm not doing anything. So I started getting back into a little bit of training, nothing crazy. And yeah, I'm feeling better for it as well. And I realized I'll train forever now, not tennis, but go to the gym, go for a run, you know, do something fun, go shoot some basketball, whatever it is. But tennis is the one at the moment, maybe one day, but you know, at the moment I don't want to play and, um, as I said, it's liberating. It's liberating and, and I'm not downplaying what tennis did for me. I'm forever grateful because it gave me that platform to do what I'm doing now, to, to be able to, you know, be a strand of the year, to, to go around, travel around, talk to people. And that is all stemmed from sports, so I, I really appreciate it. Uh, to the Australian Open, I love you so much. Um, thanks so much to Jane and Craig and, and everybody. Thank you so much for, for changing my life, but, but also backing... Um, someone who's disabled to be the front of your your brand. You changed my life, but judging by that award I got a couple of days ago, maybe helped change some other lives as well. Now you're a massive music fan, of course, too. A former former Triple J presenter, yep. founder of the fully inclusive music festival we, Ability we, Fest. Yeah, we, we, we're not fully inclusive because we're always learning and we're trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Definitely Australia's most inclu- <laughs> uh, most uh, accessible inclusive festival. Now, I know you also spent a bit of time overseas this year hitting Coachella. Yeah. Saw uh, something at Red Rocks too. My hackles is. I was at Coachella. My One of my best mates, Dom Dollar, was playing there. He killed it, by the way. Played Red Rocks. Amazing. The head of Coachella hit us up on Instagram, like the Coachella Instagram, and said, hey, Dylan, heard you here. We love what you do at Ability Fest. Can we give you a tour of our accessibility? How cool Fantastic. is that? That's, That's awesome. pretty cool. Yes. I was like, I was like, you bastards, you should have called us and had us over. <laughs> but I was also like, that is... Well, we're not doing it to be the only one. We want everyone to copy us. We want, if you don't know what it is, it's a fully, like we try and make it as, as, as accessible as we can. Pl- platforms, pathways, Auslan interpreters, a sensory room for people with like autism if yeah. they need to recharge, a guide dog relief area, you know, amazing bathrooms, everything. And it's just like, but it's just like Splendor. It's just like Coachella. It's just a party. There was an announcement the other day with Martin Pakula. Yeah, right, we got funding so. to run it in Victoria mm-hmm. um, because we used to get all our mates because all the proceeds go to the foundation and we used to ask all our mates, our muso friends, our lighting friends, our production friends to do it for free for the for the charity. But then they haven't worked in three years. So yeah. I'm not, I can't do that. So we got government funding to be able to pay everybody. How cool is that? Amazing. To be able to give back to the entertainment community, but also raise money for the, for people with disabilities. So, so it's back in 2023 then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? So, mate, we're, we're gonna, are you going to come? Why not? All Absolutely. Right. Buddy oath, mate. Can I crowd? Will I get to see you crowd you, surf? I would say you could crowd surf, but you did go snowboarding on the weekend and pretty broke much straight up you broke your hand. So... Mm. Are you accident prone or was that a once off? No, no, I am accident Okay, prone. well then you can't It'll go. It'll happen again. You can't, okay, you can't, I don't know about, <laughs> we'll see how we go about the crowd surfing. <laughs> we have to manage our risk here. Are you enjoying the role? It sounds bloody exhausting. It sounds like a tough gig. Also, I just think about what, what you must think about in your off moments. Like heavy is the head that wears the crown. No, I am enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, man, I've been given the, like, uh, you know, are you kidding me? Like a guy with a disability to be given that any... And also there was like so many people with disability that should have won it before me as well. Like Kurt Fernley, Louise Savage, Uncle Kevin Combs, Paralympians, Stelly. I think Kurt Fernley is getting really pissed off when people yeah, think Hank, yeah. um, he is you. He, it used to be a lot more people calling me Kurt and then we were even, and I reckon maybe this year it'd be a tough year for him. <laughs> and I know Congratulations on your Australian of the, the poor, year, Kurt. The poor bloke, yeah. 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 Um, but... Like, are you kidding? Like, to be given that platform to, to, like, you know, to be able to write one tweet and literally 
really affect the campaign around you know being prime minister because of what people say about disability it's like that's just that's just huge you know and it's, it has to be done but mm. we were the one we were the diversity stream no one cared about always we were the ugly cousin disability they don't even mention it sometimes when they talk about diversity race religion sexual orientation full stop gender full stop it's like and uh, say it yep. just say disability <laughs> please but they don't do it right and you know that's why i hope it's the first of many Australians with you know, and and there are other ones who's had it. I'm not the first one, but to have a you know severe physical disability, where they'll be able to change that is 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 cool. And um, and and as I said, it's not me. It's we we. I'm sharing the load with my foundation, my family. You know, even you talking to me right now, mate. Right, like even partnering, like my partners, like as I said with Grant Birds, like they literally sat me down and said like what do you want to do this year as well how can we help and that's why they came up with their leave leave your mark campaign because that's something that i'm trying to do and i am ambitious and trying to achieve things and and try and get out there and change perceptions and what they do and that stemmed from sitting down and talking to them about what i want to do this year that's a team effort right this is not the dylan show and people might think it is and i people might think it is a bit but it is a bit but i but i don't want that (laughs) right absolutely in the way that people think i want to be the only one going around talking I literally don't want that. I swear on my life. And um, but to be given that opportunity to do it, you got to do it at the time. And hopefully, we are all changing perceptions, so all people with disability across all industry get opportunities that they want to get. But what's what's next? I feel like uh, I've read recently that there there are things within what you're doing that you want to or you would like to to take yeah. global or yeah, for sure, mate. I really want to like. I'm a big. I don't set like goals on a whiteboard but I just throw things out there that I want to do right if that sounds weird no. um, I really want to do some acting okay yeah actually I want to have a crack at acting see if I can do it so if any you know anyone's listening stage maybe, screen, screen 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 yeah screen. TV film TV film yeah yep. a bit of a, I actually had my first I can't talk about that yet but I had my first gig the other day for an animated feature and I went oh, alright yeah. a voice a voice thing nice yeah which is pretty cool of what like a cartoon I, I just I've already said too much as I was <laughs> saying that I was thinking about how much I'm going to get in trouble for saying that you can leave it in but that's all I'm saying but what I would love to do is do what I've done here in America okay right yeah I went to Coachella 50 people came up and thanked me for my service right because they assumed I was in the army oh my and I said no worries and they said can I buy you a beer and I said yes of course <laughs> But in America, they they kind of have like that, or they have like you're in hospital, not yeah. much middle ground. Does that make sense? Do like, they? Ha- is there a? I'm trying to strain for my brain looking for that one example of exactly. the American you. Is there yeah. an American you? No, there are people with disability doing stuff for sure. I'm not downplaying that. Like you know, Peter Dinklage, he's American, he's killing yeah. it or whatever it is. But yes, think about any like person with disability who advocates and does that, who kind of looks like me. Like exactly right. Like, and they should be global if they're made in America because you make it in America, you're global, pretty exactly. much, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's a good opportunity. I, I think, you know, Chantel would smash it over there as well. So we might try and do that next year. Maybe not. You know, I'm not saying that we're bailing on. Um, this but, is just one of those ideas you're yeah, throwing at the wall, Sam. I say, sticks. why couldn't Brad Pitt be in a wheelchair and win an Oscar? I'm serious. Yeah. I'm not saying it like Brad Pitt. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I am. You know? But, like, why not? I'm serious. Like, why not? And who knows? You and I could do this in eight years. Right, you mm. have your own TV show by then. Do we doing this? Interviewing film star Dylan Alcott, who's won an Oscar, and yeah. you'd be like, you'll play the grab. Who knows? <laughs> Imagine that. And I'm serious, right? The foundation work that we do and the work that we do in our consulting firm at GSA, I love as well. And I just want to keep growing that and keep giving jobs to people with disability and keep giving them opportunities. And I tell you what, I want to do. I want to look back in five years 
and just across everywhere, there are just heaps of people with disability and we're even laughing that we're talking about it like this right now. Is what I really dream of. Oh, well, let's hope we meet in five years and we can discuss exactly mate, that. Buddy, I, thanks for coming in, Dylan. Mate, I really thanks so much. Appreciate thanks so much for having me here, brother. I really appreciate it. And, mate, look forward to uh, seeing both of us keep smashing. But also, like I meant what I said, like what you did for Shondi's piece was epic. So when I saw your name cross up, I was like, yeah, buddy, Oath, we're doing that one. <laughs> so I appreciate You're it. You're far too kind. Thanks again. No worries. Good Weekend Talks is brought to you by the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. Subscriptions power our newsrooms. To support independent journalism, search subscribe Sydney Morning Herald or The Age. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe, rate and comment wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Good Weekend Talks is produced by Julia Carr-Katzel. Technical assistance from Cormac Lally. Editing from Conrad Marshall. Tom McKendrick as head of audio. And Katrina Strickland is the editor of Good Weekend. Good Weekend.